Welcome to HealthCast, the heartbeat of health IT. I'm Alexander Bolova, Production Lead at GovCIO Media and Research. With me today is Staff Writer Researcher, Nikki Henderson. Hi, Nikki. Hi there, Alex. You had the opportunity to chat with Dr. Kenneth Gersing, Director of Informatics with NCATS at NIH. How'd it go? Um, it went well, Alex. Um, we had a a good discussion about um, their new N3C data repository, and he had a lot of good things to say about that and how it's really helping them improve overall public health. So N3C stands for the National COVID Cohort Collaborative. Nikki, how did Ken say that data from N3C is improving public health and what steps are being taken to protect this data? Well, Alex, Ken said the National COVID Cohort Collaborative is really enhancing public health because he says it has the ability to collect data from a variety of different places. And it also has the capability to gather different types of data, which is key to merging all of the data and giving researchers throughout the years the opportunity to look at what treatments are working for certain populations. And Ken also talked about how data privacy as well as security are a top priority for NCATS. He highlighted Palantir and how it helps to keep their data very secure and allows them to constantly audit and monitor patient data and maintain that confidentiality, which is extremely important. Yeah. And did Ken talk about the cloud monetization efforts at NCATS and how it's helping the agency prepare for future health emergencies? Yes, he sure did. Um, Alex, Ken talked about the importance of deploying cloud, uh, especially when modernizing your systems. He, and he was very happy to report that N3C has been very successful with its cloud infrastructure so far. And, and check this out, NCATS has over 24 billion rows of data. And I was like, wow, that's a lot. And it's because all of these health organizations, over 70 of them contribute data to N3C through multiple ways and systems. And Ken said the wonderful thing is that cloud has allowed them to scale all of that data and blend all of that data at a much faster pace. So this is extremely helpful to them when it comes to preparing for future health emergencies. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just so caught up on 24 billion. There's just some numbers that you can't conceive of, and I honestly don't know how you would manage all of that. So it's great that the cloud is providing a platform to, I guess, get a better handle on all of it. Nikki, did Ken mention some of the data goals NCATS was hoping to accomplish this year? Yes, Ken did talk about some of the goals. He talked about how COVID was terrible, but he said there were some silver linings uh, following the pandemic. And he said this year, they're looking at applying N3C to different areas like maternal health data and even information about rare diseases. Ken talked about how N3C can uh, will be able to find out if someone with a rare disease received different treatments and where they received those treatments over the years. So these are the types of things that normally wouldn't be possible. So NCATS is really trying to use N3C beyond COVID and apply those lessons learned to non-COVID-related illnesses. 
Great. Well, with all of that in mind, let's take a listen to your conversation. I just want to thank you so much uh, for joining me today. And I really appreciate you taking out time to talk about the National COVID Cohort Collaborative or N3C Data Enclave. And I'd love to hear about the cloud modernization efforts underway at the National Center for Advancing Translational Sciences. But before we begin, Ken, do you mind introducing yourself and just giving a brief description of your role at NCATS? Happy to, Nikki. First, thank you for inviting me. It's quite my pleasure and an honor. Um, um, my name is Ken Gerson. I'm a physician by training, uh, but my I work at NCATS, and my title is Director of Informatics um, in the Division of DCI and um, Division of Clinical Innovation. And my role is the, the, the scientific officer of N3C, and very much working with different communities including within the federal government and academics and private industry to, to be able to give a representative population of open science for the world to use to help with COVID and, and come up with answers to help treat this. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much for that. Well, Ken, can you start off by telling me about the National COVID Cohort Collaborative N3C Data Enclave and why it was created? So, um, yeah, the N3C was created very much for NIH and specifically NCATS to contribute what they could, in, you know, within their power and their domain to help with the terrible crisis that three years ago was, was the COVID pandemic. And we're very lucky. We're, we have access to a lot of data that most um Organizations don't have, and that's de-identified real-world data or EHR data. Again, I emphasize it has no patient information and it's de-identified. But we were able to work with the community that we support with our partners, um, OCHIN, some community hospitals, um, and a national uh, CJNIGMS, the General Medicine Institute, to work with these partners to bring together and create the largest COVID repository of open science that we know of it potentially, well, certainly in the United States, we're not sure about the world. And it has um, been used um, to help uh, look at COVID um, in children and, and seniors and define long COVID and look for risk factors in medicines that work well. So really what we did was we, we leveraged our ability because we fund a lot of academic centers to help them, ask them to help us create this resource for really all of the world to use. It has been open for anybody to use who meets criteria for getting into N3C. Wow, thank you so much for that. Well, Ken, are there any current projects or initiatives underway using the N3C Enclave data? So the N3C, I, I think the NCAT's philosophy was is that we would supply to some degree the infrastructure we call the virtual research organization it's completely cloud-based it's hosted at NCATS. it's the data is secure and cleaned and we basically said we will our part of this puzzle is is facilitating the brilliant scientists from across the world to be able to do work 
So in essence, one way to think about it is we promised we would do the plumbing and keep everything working. In exchange, we would offer that data for free um, to use for really brilliant people to help scientists to stop concentrating on building plumbing and concentrate on their science. And so I think to a large degree, I, I, you know, we have well over 430 concurrent studies going on from really defining long COVID, what helps, what doesn't help, to how it impacts kids uh, with some unusual illnesses, to how it impacts other subpopulations. Think about people might have immunocompromised, how they would be treated differently, or people didn't get vaccine, how it did versus didn't. And so um, it's really used for many, many purposes um, from anywhere from social determinants of health and how that impacts COVID to people with cancer and rare disease and COVID. So it, it is COVID and any population. Okay. Okay. Like the elderly and, and that sort of thing. Okay. Ken, how is data from N3C improving public health overall and what steps are being taken to protect that data? So I think to start with is that because the United States is a very distributed health care system, N3C's job is to not only bring in data from different places, different EHR locations across the country, but different types of data, imaging data, um, viral variant data, mortality data, claims data, and merge it all together to create a really harmonized, broader picture of a human being. And then we get that data over time, and then we can watch them to see if treatments are doing well. Now, we do not have any PHI, no help, nothing that could ever violate a person's privacy and confidentiality. It, the data exists in something called a physical moderate. It's at the federal government at our, 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 our NIH cloud. And this is inside of an enclave using a tool called Palantir Foundry. It is incredibly secure, and we actively audit this and monitor this all the time. So, and, and, and no data is allowed to leave the enclave. So I think we have two roles here to get the data ready for researchers, but also to be incredibly vigilant because this data is, we understand why it's private. We need to protect people's confidentiality because if not, we wouldn't be you know, in, entrusted to use this. But also, this is the only national repository of COVID across the entire country. And so it is a resource that we feel had to be able to be available um, to help improve public health. So it, it, it's a definitely a balance. We, we definitely never, I think we lean very heavily towards privacy and security first. And um, because that is the resource that we are using. And, and then we facilitate science. Wow, that's wonderful here. Well, how is cloud modernization impacting NCATS? And in what ways is cloud helping the agency prepare for future health emergencies like COVID? Uh, it's, it's a really great question. The cloud infrastructure, there's a lot of things that N3C has succeeded in and some things we haven't. But leveraging the cloud has definitely been one of the most important. So. The network that contributes data to N3C is 77 large health organizations, and they all collect data in a different way, at different times, in different systems. 
So by having the cleaning security compute all in one place in the cloud, we were able to do that quickly. So bringing in, and I said to you earlier, that we, we have over 24 billion rows of data. Each row has over 10 cells in it. So you can imagine it is, it is so much data. And in order to clean that and make it work together, if you had to go to each site and make sure everybody was doing their data and then allow permission to get to each site, you could imagine it would just be impossible. But the cloud allowed us to quickly scale, but just as important, harmonize the data and give people, actually we pay for their computing power. And so we pay for their tools. So everybody doesn't have to learn new tools. We give them a common tools that they're familiar with, whether it's a statistical program like SAS or R or Python or, or whatever. So they're in a familiar environment where they can do their best science. And we have economies of scale. We're only paying for one version of this tool, even though we have more licenses, we're only paying one cloud instance, and we're only paying one group to do the harmonization. We just run it on a lot more data. So it's been efficient, it's scaled, it's secure, it's given our community a level of trust that has never been um, done before. So it's been really, it just would not have been possible in this very large country without it. The cloud is 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 a key. Wow, that's amazing! Twenty four billion rows of data that that blows my mind. But yes, cloud is key to helping um, clean the data, sort it, and just giving make it available. yeah, making it available. That's great. Well, COVID it hasn't disappeared and. There seems to be, you know, many people, like you mentioned earlier, suffering from long COVID and people still have many questions about the virus. So what role has technology played in the launch of N3C dashboards and even the N3C public health answers to speed tractable results? So um, I think that there's a lot of places we can go, go with this. But one thing that I, I think that people need to appreciate is that these large data sets can be used, what, what I referred to earlier as non-hypothesis-driven research, or, you know, buzzwords, artificial intelligence, machine learning. But really, what do those mean? They mean that the computer is going through millions of variables and looking for patterns that a human being would never able to see. And I, you know, you could bring, bring up with Scylla's example, you know, people who were bone born below a certain uh, latitude or people who were certain backgrounds may be better or worse by different treatments. You would never know that because you wouldn't be able to have enough people in one spot. So it allows people to securely use these new technologies to leverage really big data in healthcare, which we've been talking about a lot over the last 20 years, but actually doing it has been hard for lots of reasons. And through that, Ability, we have been able to define long COVID in a much more systematic way. Instead of just people coming up with opinions, we actually can see patterns of it that we can re to identify and, you know, um, reproducibility in science is really so important and that it can be reproducible so we can give this algorithm out to other people to use. There's some things that are just, more, just plain more practical that we've been able to do. The White House is often, has contacted us multiple times to look at the effects of Paxlovid and other antivirals to see if they're helping people, if they're worth it, if there's been side effects. And so we're able to turn these questions around 
in literally a matter of weeks because we have so much data and the infrastructure's there. It's more like, okay, you know, you've got all the tools, now run, use the tools, right? You don't need to kind of rebuild the, the database again. Just ask us the question, how many people we have? Thousands, you know. Wow. I mean, that's just amazing, though. I mean, what you were talking about, just what people cannot do, like having these data sets and computers looking at or these tools looking at all these different variables that, like you said, humans wouldn't even you know think about being able to see. So that is that's great. Can you talk about some of NCAT's data priorities and goals for 2023? Well, I think that, um, you know, I. I COVID was obviously terrible, but there are some silver linings. Um, a lot of the things that people were really reticent to do or concerned about sharing data, you know, national harmonization, just because of the pandemic, well, we threw a lot of that, those fears away or, or put them aside because of the pandemic and we all worked together. And we proved that we can do this on a national scale and secure people's privacy very important. And so I think NCATS is hoping to take this infrastructure. And, and I think the agreements and the governance, it's not just technology, and say, look, it, it worked for COVID. But in 3C, when we find a COVID patient, we pull in their entire EHR. So actually, there's no reason, other than the governance, stops us from it, which is appropriate that we couldn't work with our data contributing partners and our data users and say, you know, why don't we use the same machinery that we built in this terrible crisis, but to apply to other things like maternal health? Or, you know, you can imagine why something like this would be so valuable for rare diseases. And, you know, sometimes in rare diseases, there may be only 100 cases in the whole country. And so these people, because they're so rare, they will go to different doctors all across the country because they're sick and they're desperate. But right now, N3C knows that that same person actually has traveled all the way across the country and gotten different treatments and different diagnoses even. So having these big repositories actually allows us to combine that person that we don't know who he is. We, it's always anonymous. We just know it's a number, but we can combine it and we can look at their treatment over time, getting care from different places. So it allows us to look at rare disease and get enough power for things that normally wouldn't, just wouldn't be possible. So can we reuse the infrastructure? Can we continue to do open science? Can we get beyond just using it for COVID? And can we use it for some of the unique aspects that we talked about, machine learning, rare diseases, um, and apply lessons learned to um, other areas? So that I think our, our goal is to, to move towards non-COVID-related open science. I see. Well, that's wonderful to hear, Ken. Wonderful to hear. Well, before we conclude, I wanted to know if you have any final comments or remarks about what we talked about today to leave with our listeners. I think that, um, you know, I, I guess I really just want to thank the community in general. Um, COVID was really terrible. Um, nobody would deny it. Um, a lot of sick people. But the community from the government community to the in industry community to the academic community really stepped up to the plate. 
and did something that they've never done in a very short period of time. Much of it was volunteer and put in hundreds and thousands of hours. People who normally compete with each other were working together all to help with this terrible, terrible pandemic. And I just, you know, I can't be more um, thankful and grateful for, um, the, you know, the, the best of human beings when they have a shared common goal, really we can do almost anything. And, and I think that this, what we did within 3C was made possible by that, that our better, our better halves. And, and I, and I just, that's all I can say is how grateful we all are for everybody's help. Well, thank you, Ken. That, that was really, really nice. I know that I really enjoyed um, our discussion today. I appreciate you taking out time to explain N3C Data Enclave and, and to also talk about just some of the other initiatives that are underway at NCATS. Thank you. Much appreciated. Thank you, Nikki. That was a great interview. Before we let our listeners go, do you have any last thoughts or takeaways that you want to leave them with? Well, all I can really say is that cloud has been a real game changer for NCATS and its N3C data repository. It's been instrumental in quickly collecting data from multiple places, but also gathering different types of data, which will be really beneficial overall, but especially in the event of another health crisis like COVID. Yeah, anything that will help us prepare for the next pandemic is a really, really valuable initiative. So thank you, Nikki. We'll be back next week with a brand new HealthCast. But until then, that's all for today's episode. If you haven't already, please subscribe and leave a review on the podcast platform of your choice. I'm Alexander Bolova. And I'm Nikki Henderson. Thank you for listening. HealthCast, along with GovCast and CyberCast, is a production of GovCIO Media and Research. For more podcasts and to check out the other shows, head to govciomedia.com. Watch out for new episodes released every Tuesday and Wednesday across our shows. You can follow all of them on your favorite podcast platform. And if you like what you heard, make sure to let us know by leaving a review. And if you have any topics you think we should look into, contact us at newsletter at govcio.com.